Hear the word of the Lord from Hebrews 10:19 through 25. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So now our Father and our God, we pray that you, by the power of your Spirit, would speak to your people. I pray that you would make Jesus clear. That you would make the gifts of salvation in Christ joyful and real and tangible. I pray that you would move us to want to live in a way that glorifies you and honors you. I pray that you would not allow us to leave here the same as we entered today, but you would cause us to leave here in Christ, finding joy in Him, eager to walk in His ways. So Father, we are asking for you to accomplish these things in this gathering, on this day, for these people. Help us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you haven't already, I want to invite you to take your Bibles, and, or the one underneath the chair there in front of you, and turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 10, uh, which Zane just read for us. Um, and what I'd like to do this morning before we look at the passage is, is, is just take a moment and remind us why we do what we do. Uh, I stand here as a mere man. And you are people created in God's image, redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And we have this word in front of us, but, but we believe that the power is in the God who speaks. It's not in the preacher. And we believe that knowing Christ in life transformation comes when God speaks to us through His Word and shows us His Son. So this study through the book of Hebrews is not with the goal of stringing together a series of sermons with somewhat decent talks from a guy on the stage. But the purpose of this journey through the book of Hebrews is for you, the people of God, to meet with our God through His Word in a way that changes everything. And so I want to remind you that way back when we started, we said don't let Hebrews just be about Sunday morning. Let it be about our lives and our families saturated in the book of Hebrews. So I just, we, we have just a few chapters left 
And if the first service tells us anything, it's going to take a long time to get through the few chapters that are left. So here's the ask. Would you make space in your life for the book of Hebrews? There's 13 chapters. You can read them all in an hour a week. One hour a week. You can walk through what God is speaking through this book in a prayerful way and hear Him speaking to you, His child. And then in your family, talk about it. Pray over it. Come on Sunday morning in, where you are not just passively listening, but we're engaging with what God is saying. Go to a community group or maybe join one for the first time. Austin would love to help you find one. Go to a community group where we're going to talk more about these truths because it is God speaking through God's Word where people meet Jesus and are changed. This is what we are after. This is what we're after. And so I stand here today eager for God to speak through His Word, eager for the Holy Spirit who inspired this Word, the Holy Spirit who gives us this Word and who dwells with us today to take it and work it into us where we look more like Jesus. This is what we're up to. This is what I'm inviting you over the next couple of months to continue to make Hebrews a central piece in the life of our church by making it a central piece of your life. And so now, let's look at Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 19. Those of you who are more practically oriented, those of us who like the what do we need to do question, this passage is for you. Because here's what's been going on in the book of Hebrews. At the end of chapter 4, the author said almost identically to what he says in our passage today. And in between, in chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 8, chapter 9, and the first part of chapter 10, what he's been doing is he's been going through in great detail with great mental energy required showing that Jesus indeed is better than everything. He's the better sacrifice. He's the better high priest. He's the better way. He gives access to the Father. Jesus indeed is better. Jesus is everything. And then he's going to come back and say, so because that's true, because that's true, people of God... Be busy living in this particular way. And he's going to give three things that he wants the people of God to be busy doing. And, and the, the key for each one of those is the phrase, let us. I was warned this week as a southerner not to slur those words together. Let us, which is a vegetable with green leaves. But to really emphasize the space, let us. So I'll do my best. But, but he's going to give these three things that our lives need to look like because of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us. 
Verse 22, let us draw near to God. Verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Verse 24, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. There's three let us statements in this passage. Give you a little vision of the end, the beginning from the, or the end from the beginning. We're only going to get to one of them today. So you'll come back next week and the next week and we'll get through all of them. But here's what's really, really important. Verse 19 and 20 and 21, which come before the first let us phrase. Those truths matter deeply. Yes, in one way, by way of good rhetoric, he's calling back to attention what he's already taught in the previous five chapters. But he's also saying that we're not moving on away from the truth of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. We're building upon it. Jesus is always the foundation. He's always the anchor. He's always our everything. And so he's going to drive the point home again. Our lives are rooted in who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us. Because of Christ, let us look in this particular way. But our lives are rooted always in who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us. So if you're a note taker, our first point this morning is remembering Jesus. Remembering Jesus. I, I, the more I've thought about this passage, he could have just said, I believe, therefore, let us draw near with a true heart, let us hold fast the confession, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. He could have done that, but he didn't. He reaffirmed, redefined, retaught these two really important truths so that we would see they're the basis and the foundation of everything that we do. Christians live in a particular way because of who Christ is and what Christ has done for us. We never leave the foundation of the gospel behind. We never move on from it. We're only always building on it. That's the reality, and he's driving this point home for us. So, first point, remembering Jesus. We are called to always be remembering Jesus. We never move on from Him. We never leave Him behind, but we are called to always be remembering Jesus. Okay, cool. What? Two things. Look at verse 19, 20, and 21. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that He opened for us through the curtain that is His flesh, first, we remember that Jesus has opened access to God through His blood. Jesus Christ has opened to us, to the children of God, the children of Jesus, the people of faith. He's opened to us access to God through His blood. So when it says, enter the holy places, that means the presence of God. Now how do I get there? 
by the blood of Jesus. The reality that holds the Bible together is that God, who created all things, is Himself holy and pure and without sin. And that we are fallen and sinful and broken. And in the Bible, when sinful comes into the presence of holy, it's never good for the sinful. Ever. Because holiness cannot make peace with sin and rebellion. So in that context, come on in to the presence of the Father is not a welcome invitation unless we come by the blood of Jesus. And so remember a few weeks ago when we talked about the new covenant and the old covenant, and we said in the old covenant, the presence of God was inside a curtain, which was inside a curtain, which was inside a tent. That wasn't God trying to be exclusive and hide himself. That was for the good of the people because they could not handle in their sinful state the holiness of God. But this passage says Jesus by His blood has opened the curtain and He has given us welcomed, joyful access to the Father. That is, He's covered our sin. He's done that. And every day I wake up and I'm called to remember that by the blood of Jesus, I'm welcomed into the Father's presence. And by the blood of Jesus, the presence of God is a gift that is good in every possible way. Don't blitz past these verses. These are our lifelines. There are everything. Jesus has opened access to God through His blood. You want to know what else? It's even better. Second, verse 21. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God. The high priest, he's Jesus. And so what that means is that we're welcome, we have access to the Father by the blood of Jesus, and Jesus Himself is always there, actively ministering on our behalf before the Father, crying out for grace and mercy, crying out for the Father to be merciful and gracious to us, representing our needs, interpreting our prayers, pleading God's mercy toward us. So put those two things together. Jesus is the great high priest who has opened access into the presence of God, what that's saying is, children of Jesus come into the presence of God and are welcomed because of the blood of Jesus and He is there ministering on our behalf always. There's not a moment in all of eternity where Jesus won't be in the presence of God ministering on behalf of His children always. That is our good news. So we begin our call to action with a call to always remember who Christ is, what Christ has done for us, and the invitation that's found in Him. Jesus has opened access to God, and Jesus is our great high priest. So here's what this means, friends. There's not Anything going on in our lives that is not spoken to 
ministered to, and made better because of Christ. There's not anything going on in our lives that's not spoken to, addressed, ministered to, and made better because of Jesus if we are in Christ. So maybe you're here today because someone made you come. Maybe you're here today because you said, I will only ever go to church when Tennessee loses to Georgia State. And here you are. That's a football thing, by the way. Um, hey, we're glad you're here. But here's what you need to know about us. We don't think we're better than you. We actually know we're, we're the most broken people in the world. Guilt, shame, fear, hurt, trauma, brokenness, arrogance, Pharisees, all that. It's all here. We know it's here. The only thing we hold on to is that Jesus knew all that and He still came, He still lived, He still died, He still rose again, and His blood covers all of it. So we can lift our heads and say we have hope. And today, we would invite you to find that same hope in Jesus. But the pathway to the hope goes through honesty about our sin and honesty about our need and honesty to cry out for grace. So come on to Him today. We invite you. This is very simple. Underneath the chair in front of you, there's a, there's a card. It's white on the bottom. It's yellow on the top. You can just put your name. Please give me some way to contact you because smoke signals don't work very well for these kind of conversations, okay? Just put your name, some way to contact you, and I'd like to talk to someone about Jesus. We'll get in touch with you. We would love to have this conversation of how you can connect where you are to the good news that Jesus has opened access to the Father for His children, and He is the great high priest. So Christians, we begin always remembering Jesus. Now, as those always remembering Jesus, what are we supposed to do? Second point for my note-taking friends is following Jesus. Following Jesus. I mean, there are lots of things that I could give you but he gives us three particular postures, mindsets, and ways of life that should characterize those of us who know Christ. Always approaching God, always clinging to Jesus, and always pointing others to Jesus. Always approaching God, always clinging to Jesus, and always pointing others to Jesus. Now, if I were preaching this message in lots of churches, I would probably say something like this. It's really important that we not rush to the practical stuff too fast. It's really important that we not rush to what we're supposed to do without first knowing Christ and understanding how Christ empowers us to live differently. Let's not get to the how-tos until we get Jesus. Because how-tos without Jesus is just better paganism. But I'm not in most churches. I'm at Redeemer. 
And for some reason, y'all are most churches and you're Redeemer. I'm not sure how it worked out that way. But anyway, I'm talking to y'all too. Here's what's important for us. This passage says that good theology moves into good thinking. And good theology moves into good living. And good theology moves into right talking. And so the message for us in this passage is, yeah, because these things are true, be found living and thinking and operating differently. This is the passage in the book of Hebrews that says, be motivated to live in a different way because you know the grace of Jesus. This is what we need. Let us, let us, let us, let us, because we know our salvation in Christ, let us be shaped. And he gives these three things, and I don't believe they're just actions. I believe they're, they're postures. And by posture, I mean they characterize who we are. So, so an action would be, let us enter God's presence. I mean, okay, I'm going to go in once, check the box, done, right? A posture would be, let us be found repeatedly approaching God over and over and over again. An action, let us cling to Jesus. Oh yeah, I cling to Him that one time and, and He got me through that thing, and so now I check the box, I'm done. A posture, I'm always clinging to Jesus because He's all that I have. Let us lead others to walk with Jesus. An action. Oh yeah, I did that that one time. I spoke up in community group, helped that guy who was struggling. A posture. I'm always living to help others walk with Jesus. Those are postures. So these are invitations to a posture. And we're only going to talk about one of them today. This is this strange thing about two services. Um, I only got through with the first one in the first service, so I can only get through with the first one in this service. But I'm going really much faster than I did in the first service. So we might have like a five-minute prayer time. Does that sound okay? Great. All right. Just so you know, that's all the stuff I'm thinking while preaching all at the same time. So number one posture that we're called to as those who remember what Christ has done for us is approaching God regularly. Look at verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. He says, let our posture be to draw near to the God we've been given access by the blood of Jesus. Now, you guys remember um, ninth grade English when you were taught how to write an essay? How do you write an essay? You tell me what you're going to say. You have three paragraphs, 15 sentences, no more, no less, to tell me what you're going to say. And then you tell me what you told me, right? That's really bad writing, by the way. No one likes that, but that's how we're told to write. But if you just read the intro and the conclusion, you know the whole point of the whole essay because it's all there. That's how we were taught. So, so when you bracket things, that really drives home the point. Now get this. 
Remember I told you earlier that chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 8, chapter 9, and chapter 10 were, were this overwhelming theological, Jesus is better, Jesus is better, Jesus is better, Jesus is better, Jesus is better. Do you know what he said right before that began? Turn back to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us draw near. Jesus is better. Jesus is the great high priest. Jesus is the greater offering. Jesus has given access to the Father. Jesus is the better covenant. Therefore what? Let us draw near. What's He want you to do? Draw near to the Father. That's what He wants you to do. And so church, I have a question for you. It's not do you believe you have access to the Father through the Son. It's do you take advantage of it. Do you walk into the presence of God over and over because of what Christ has done for you. That's what I want us to think about for the next few minutes. So the author says, let us draw near. How? With a true heart. Well, how's my heart made true? And full assurance of faith. Well, where do I get full assurance of faith? With our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with the pure water. Now that is a metaphor to all the actions that people in the old covenant had to do before they could approach, before they could approach the temple, before they could approach the tabernacle, before they could approach God. And what he's saying is, Jesus has sprinkled your heart clean. Jesus has washed you with pure water. So you can approach the Father not timidly, not wonderingly, not hopefully, but in the full assurance of faith because your heart's been made new by Jesus. So when we approach God in Christ, He is eager and ready to welcome us into His presence. So we come with a true heart and full assurance of faith because we've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Okay, Jamie, that's great, dude. What does that actually look like? What does it look like to approach God, to come into His presence? I mean, like, do we like teleport? Like, do we kind of levitate? Like, like, what's it look like? I'm just going to assume that you're like me. So that could be a mistake, okay? But I'm going to tell you three ways that I'm trying to learn to come into the presence of the Father. And I hope that by me giving you a little journal with some travel log, it'll help you know how you can come into the presence of the Father as well. So here are three ways that we can approach God, we can draw near to God, as the passage says. Number one, make space for word and prayer. Make space for word and prayer. Now, I know I just talked about the Bible and praying, and you all just put your Sunday school hats on, and you went, oh, yeah, 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 that's what we Christians do. Check. Most 
my friend Buddy right back here, I'm picking on you, Buddy. I, I love you, man, even though I'm picking on you on a Sunday morning in the recorded version. But, but Buddy's been helping me out with some leadership stuff, and so he made me for two whole weeks write down everything that I did. So my question, I'm not going to tell you my results, but my question for you, if Buddy came to your house and made you write down for two whole weeks everything that you did, how much space for word and prayer would we find there? How much space for you spending time with God and His Word and spending time communicating with God in prayer would we actually find there? Theoretical Bible reading does us no real good. And theoretical praying does us no real good any more than theoretical checking of your email makes the number of emails in your inbox go down. If we want to approach God, then we make space for word and prayer. Here's why. The word is God speaking about who God is, how to know God, and how to walk in His ways. God reveals Himself in His word. So if we want to approach Him, we we go to the word. Not to worship a book, but to meet the author, the revealer of himself in it. And then prayer is just speaking back to God. Taking our thoughts, our doubts, our struggles, our longings, our hurts, and speaking to God. This passage says he welcomes it. Jesus bought that right for us. Make space for word and prayer. Now, I can hear you already, but, but I'm busy. Okay, so am I. I commute an hour each way. Ten hours a week, gone. Okay, so I'm going to talk to the commuters for a second, all right? I don't want to hear your excuses. Here's why. Here's two things that I have 100% certainty you can do in your car. You can turn everything off and talk to God. Turn off the radio. Turn off the podcasts. Turn off your text messages. Turn off your emails. Turn it off. If you have an iPhone, there's actually a setting called car mode. You just flip the switch, and every time your phone starts going in a car, it shuts down. Turn it on. I promise that if you have a one-hour commute, you have time to commune with the Father in prayer. Now, here's the other thing. Technology now makes it where you can consume the Bible in more ways than ever humanly possible. Seeds Family Worship sets the Bible to music in a childlike way. So you can rock out to Psalm 130 like a five-year-old in your car. Nobody else will know. They'll just think you're crazy. Go on. All the way to the other end of the spectrum, for free, you can download to your iTunes account Johnny Cash reading the King James Bible. And everything in between, it is there for you. God's Word, spoken. The question is, will we make space to come into the presence of the Father in the ways that He's chosen to reveal Himself? I don't want to be legalistic, but I kind of want to push you. Will you do it? 
Second, I'm trying to learn to walk in conversation with God. I'm trying to learn to walk in conversation with God. I know when I said that, I just lost like half of you. You're like, whoa, that sounds weird, dude. What are you talking about? Are we at a monastery? You becoming a monk? No. But I don't think that Jesus died to give me access early in the morning every day before I leave my house. He gives me access to the Father always and everywhere. And when I say walk in conversation with God, I, I mean that. Like, like talking to God about everything. Why did I just get so angry on that phone call? Why did that person's words hurt me so much? Why did I respond to my kids the way that I responded? Why do I find my self-worth in performance? Like that, those are all the real realities in our lives. And, and God knows all of it anyway, so why are we trying to hide it? And, and now, because of the blood of Jesus, He welcomes us in. And so I think if we want to enter His presence, then we learn to walk in conversation with the Father. Again, if you talk to yourself 15 years ago, you were crazy. They had a category for that. Now people just think you have an earpiece in and you're talking on the phone. So just use it to your advantage and go with it. But I want to learn to walk in conversation with God. Third, because Jesus has done what He's done and I'm invited to draw near to God, this is carefully worded, so I want to slow down and say this. I want to actually pray for wisdom rather than praying for backward blessing. I want to actually stop and pray for wisdom rather than praying for backward blessing. Here's what I mean by that. Most of my life goes like this. Decision to be made. I'm good enough, I'm strong enough, I'm smart enough, people like me enough, I'm going to make the decision, and then I'm going to go with it. Oh, but God, if you could bless that, I would really appreciate it. That's what I mean by backward blessing. That's how most of us live. But I want to learn the discipline of slowing down and coming into the presence of the Father and asking for His wisdom and His guidance before I do stuff. Because he's purchased that kind of, Jesus has purchased that kind of access for us. Now, there are millions of other ways to draw near to God. But I do believe that if we would make space for his word and prayer, we would learn to walk in conversation with him and we would actually stop and pray for wisdom and direction in our lives. We would experience the welcome relationship that God, that Jesus purchased for us, we would experience grace and mercy. We would experience healing and hope in ways that maybe we never have before. So what Hebrews 10 says is if we believe it's true that Jesus has, by His blood, welcomed us into the presence of God, then let us be found in a posture of drawing near to the Father with a true heart and full assurance of faith. When I got my first ministry position, I was a, a robust 25 years old. You know, very wise, had it all figured out. That was a joke. You're supposed to laugh. Um, 
you know, at my, at my interview with the church, they told everyone, when, when asked how old I was, they said, he'll, he'll be 26 on his next birthday. That's how they said it. Um, but my, my boss, who now is, is a dear friend and, and probably one of the biggest mentors in my life, he said this. He said, man, you're young. He said, you got a lot to learn. So you always come to me. My door's open. Knock on the door. Tell me what you're struggling with. Knock on the door. Ask me the question. Knock on the door. Tell me what, like, what the stumbling block is. Like, like, let's have this ongoing dialogue where I can hear what's going on, what you're thinking, why you're thinking it, and I can help, help guide you forward. Okay, great. And so every day, You know, and every day, about the fifth time, I'd be like, are you sure this is okay? Yes. I want to help you. I want to encourage you. I want us to know what's going on. I want to, I want to shape where we're going. And by the way, I don't think this was the least bit micromanagerial, because I know all you business types are out there going, oh, micromanagerial, that's the worst sin. Can't commit that. Like, I don't think this was the least bit micromanagerial. It was welcome presence to guide and help. Welcome presence to guide and help. But in that arrangement... What was the one thing I couldn't do? Not come. I, I, I was not allowed to fail to come and make a colossally bad decision that was going to have to be cleaned up because he was saying, come and let's talk. Come and let me help you. Come and be guided. I know it's pretty trite to go from that to what we're talking about in Hebrews 10, but the point stands Jesus, by his blood, has purchased eternal and everlasting access to the Father with him as our high priest. And the Father says, come. And Jesus says, come. And we say we believe in Jesus. His blood covers our sins. We belong to God forever. And the Father says, come into my presence. Come. Let us draw near to God. This is my invitation to you this week. Will you purpose in your heart to establish the posture of drawing near to God? Worship team, you guys can go ahead and make your way up. So our Father and our God, I pray that you would now take these words, speak them to your people, Teach us and help us, we pray. So congregation, at this time, as we do each week, we're going to take the Lord's Supper. The bread symbolizing the body of Jesus broken for us. The cup symbolizing the blood of Jesus poured out for us. Here at Redeemer, we invite anyone who's a Christian, anyone who's professed faith in Jesus for salvation and made that known to the church, we invite you to take this bread, take this cup with us. If you're not a follower of Jesus, we'd ask you to let the bread and the cup pass, but we'd remind you that on this day, Jesus says, Come. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest for your souls.
my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Will you come to him? We'd love to talk to you about this today. So this time we're going to sing. These men are going to pass out the bread and the cup. And I'll come back in just a moment. We'll take them together. <clears throat>